All right, welcome back to Just Dow It, the podcast for people starting DAOs. I'm Adam Miller, and I'm your host. I'm the CEO of MyDAO, which provides legal entity solutions for DAOs. And prior to starting MyDAO, I did consulting for people starting and operating DAOs. This is the second of two episodes this week. In the first episode, we covered the news with our guest, Deepa from Impact DAO Media. And now we are going to dig deeper into an interview with her. Deepa, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, for today, I want to kick things off with a slightly different uh, question. Um, would you please share with all of us, how did you get into Web3 and DAOs in the first place? Uh, yeah, thank you, Adam, for having me again. Um, I got into Web3 last year in May 2021. Um, it was during the time India was hit uh, by the Delta virus. Like It was like a really bad uh, variant of COVID. And the Polygon founder uh, was raising funds uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, Sandeep. You know, it's Polygon is the level two blockchain. And uh, and his tweet got uh, became viral. Like a lot of people retweeted it, including Vitalik Buterin, Balaji. And it, uh, and it really caught my attention. I've always been on Twitter. And I'm like, whoa, what's happening? Like, and how can they raise money in crypto and bring it to India? Because I've worked in the nonprofit sector in India. And I totally understand the, the, the legal requirements. Because... In order to get foreign funding, you need to have a special certificate to accept that kind of uh, money coming from foreign sources. And I'm like, crypto sometimes can be so anonymous, you can't even track where the money is coming from. So I was very curious to follow the entire money trail just because uh, I kind of understood the legal requirements in India. And a couple of days later, Vitalik Buterin donated like a billion dollars worth of Shiba coins to that campaign. And I was like, wow, this is the largest philanthropic donation on a single day. That also of a meme coin. I definitely want to see what kind of impact that meme coin can have, right? Because this is like magic internet money. Like, does it hold any purchasing power? Like, so I was really curious to follow the entire campaign. And I started writing about it on my Substack. Uh, I started a Substack just then, just to write about it, and just and it, and I was just very curious. And it actually saved lives. You know, it uh, it enabled the uh, crypto relief fund, uh, which was set up by the Polygon founders. It was, I think, the first DAO uh, in a way, but they never called it Impact DAO. I would say, but they never called themselves a DAO because it was May twenty twenty one. You know, DAOs one that popular as a concept but it was completely volunteer run uh, managed on discord uh, funds were in a multi-sig uh, allocation everything like highly transparent as you can you know how DAOs are because everything is on chain mm -hmm. and uh, it was used to uh, give grants to Indian nonprofits that had that special certificate that they need to basically get obtain that kind of foreign funding so they basically just routed the money to those uh, nonprofit organizations in India and um, and it uh, enabled them to buy oxygen cylinders and everything that they needed to, uh, you know, uh, uh, at that point of time to save lives, basically. And after that, I just got very, uh, I got more curious and I was like, oh, I'd love to understand whatever happened before this. And I started digging into crypto and philanthropy and I came across the Pineapple Fund. I don't know if you know about Pineapple Fund, but it was started by like a Bitcoin whale. Mm -hmm. A uh, long time ago, and he said, "I've made so much money uh, in Bitcoin, and I would want to donate it." And he did a campaign on Reddit, inviting applications for from nonprofits and stuff like that. So I just went back in time with crypto and philanthropy, and then started looking forward to and I started tracking all of this on my Substack, which is CryptoGood.Substack.com. So I've been writing about this uh, intersection of crypto doing good for almost over a year. I got into DAOs this year when Ukraine DAO came along, and Ukraine. Um, DAO very quickly mobilized almost uh, $7 million in five days using every Web3 tool available uh, and galvanized the crypto community hmm. uh, and never got shut down. While um, uh, 
another nonprofit from Ukraine that was trying to raise money on Patreon got shut down because they thought mm. they're linked to the army. But, you know, the call of the hour was mm. that everybody in Ukraine, every man in Ukraine had to pick up weapons, right? So, I mean, there is no, like, everybody is fighting for their country. So in Ukraine, thou continued to fundraise and uh, flawlessly executed this campaign uh, without getting shut down. So I, I, got, I really got intrigued by that model. And I'm like, wow, this is the future of doing good. People mobilizing on the internet and multisig makes it so much more easier NFTs make it so much more easier to fundraise and to give those tokens, which people can keep, you know, the donors can keep those tokens on chain and say, hey, I donated to Ukraine now. You know, it's like their their contribution. They have something they can they can feel proud of and something that they can prove like on the on blockchain that they've made an impact. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to really learn uh, more about this. Uh, uh, DAOs as a model of doing good. And I thought of undertaking a study Um and rather than doing it alone, like uh, I was like, why don't I just start a DAO myself and learn what it is to be a DAO and the process of studying the DAOs, Impact DAOs. And so uh, I launched uh, Impact DAO Media in May and um, we studied uh, 12 Impact DAOs, uh, had one-on-one -on -one conversations with 30 DAO builders, including founders and contributors. And most of those conversations are available on a podcast um, and they really go into the mind of the, the builders, you know, and they're thinking of how, why, what decisions they made, why they chose a certain tool over another tool, you know, and so they're really authentic conversations about building impact house. Wow, that is really cool. So um, tell me a little bit more about uh, this Impact uh, DAO media. Um, what's the goal of the organization and what have you been working on? So Impact DAO media came along. Uh, so as I said, we, we, uh, I, I, did a, I uh, put out a proposal for my research project uh, on Twitter and Kevin Awaki retweeted that and that caught the attention of a lot of people. And what I was essentially asking was for contributors, you know, call for contributors. If people are interested in being part of this research project, join my DAO. And I am uh, looking for these different kinds of skill sets, including podcasting and stuff like that. So we had like people of relevant interest who came along. And all I had asked them was to provide the Twitter handle so I can review them because, I, you know, working on the internet, you need to be careful who you're working with. And after I reviewed them, we, we basically formed a DAO. We launched on Zoom. We set up a Discord. And uh, uh, we've been uh, uh, and we started operating. We started researching these organizations, but then soon we realized, like, what's a long term purpose, right? After we research and we write this book, and then we realize how this book will be outdated very soon if we do not continue to research and update this. Then maybe we should continue beyond our commitment of say six months that we thought we'll work together. And so we uh, during that entire uh, you know the running of the the DAO for the book and the research we realized that we need to have a long-term vision and a long-term vision is to basically elevate the stories of impact DAOs to change the narrative around crypto even if we can't change it because the narrative is so strong around crypto like people think crypto is a scam maybe we can build a new narrative you know which is around DAOs which is like uh, decentralized organizations they're very different from traditional orgs and this is the future of work and this is the future of doing good so I think we're going to be building a new narrative that's far more easier than trying to break the strong perception that people already have about crypto and we want to elevate the stories of uh, impact DAOs, you know, and uh, and impact DAO builders, make them look really cool, make it very aspirational for people to build in Web3 that, you know, there's a lot of meaning and purpose. It's not just all about speculation and stuff like that. 
Yeah, you know, it reminds me, last week I was at a conference for the legal tech and innovation industry. So it was not a Web3 focused conference as I'm usually at. And so a lot of these people are, you know, we're not like Web3 native, we're not already crypto pilled, you know, they're coming at it a little bit fresh. And I had several people come up to me and say, you know what? I, I don't believe in crypto, you know, FTX and all these scams and this fraud and so many things are going wrong and where's the value. And but DAOs sound like they're going to be huge. Like this sounds like the future. And, and on one hand, I want to argue with them about all the first part of what they said. But then on the other hand, I'm just so excited that um, even people from outside the space are recognizing that DAOs really represent something pretty unique and pretty different from uh, the rest of crypto. And we need the rest of crypto, too. You really I, I think you kind of can't have one without the other in most most respects. But it is really cool to see that DAOs really do deserve their own narrative. Right. And they're and they're That's generating their own narrative. And. That's uh, right. I totally impact. agree with that. And I've had this experience uh, uh, dealing with my own uh, friends and my previous uh, colleagues because uh, all, uh, you know, I've been in this field of corporate social responsibility in social development. All my peers now are head, they're leading corporate social responsibility for Zoom, a lot of web two companies, uh, stuff like that. And if I talk to them about what I'm trying to do in crypto, they don't understand. They think uh, I'm seriously lost my mind that I'm I'm in crypto. Well, and initially our conversations were like that. Every Friday evening we ended up in a fight, like really like fighting, like, oh, crypto is all a scam and I'm trying to justify crypto. And it didn't work for a very long period of time. But then this year mm. I got into DAOs and I did this whole research and published a book. And now they're very interested because I don't talk crypto at all. Mm. All I talk is DAO and they want to know what DAOs are. And then slowly I bring the crypto application in the DAO sphere. Like you can, you know, then you open a multi-sig wallet, right? And you get paid in cryptocurrency. And and so that's the introduction to crypto now. The first thing that I talk is DAO. Yeah. Mm. And it's more respectable, so I, trust me. Yeah. So 2023, I think there's a good chance is going to be the year of the DAO, um, especially if the bear market ends, but either way. And I think we'll see something similar to what we saw with NFTs last year, which is that people are going to get onboarded into Web3 because they're going to be interested in a DAO, right? They're going to want to join the DAO that's buying whatever famous object in their area that they're passionate about, right? As a famous artifact or a constitution or whatever it is, or the DAO that's having an impact in a field that they're passionate about, or the DAO that's working on a problem that they want to solve. And it's not going to be about crypto at first, but guess what? They're going to have to get a crypto wallet exactly. to participate in a DAO. They're going to have to learn how to buy and sell tokens. They're going to have to learn how to use crypto. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I really do think that's that's going to be big in 2023. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. And I think uh, they would open a wallet just to start uh, logging into different decentralized applications even before they hold their first crypto because that's, you know, like that's how when I talk to a lot of impact of people, that's their number one reason to open a MetaMask is so they could log into Mirror, they could log into other decentralized apps and and yeah. not necessarily they hold crypto at that point of time, but eventually they start getting paid uh, for the bond, you know, the bounties issued to them in crypto. And that's how they own their first crypto, most of them. So, yeah. and uh, Vitalik Buchan also talked about MicroDAO. So I was at eToronto in, um, I think it was August or July this year. And uh, Vitalik, was uh, the speaker there and he talked about the concept of micro DAOs and how that's going to really explode. So micro DAOs are basically really small DAOs of maybe four or five people. Uh, you know, your neighborhood can start a DAO and say, hey, we want to do a street cleanup and let's open a multi-sig, let's put the uh, money there, let's be more democratic uh, in, uh, you know, what should we purchase for, you know, what what kind of 
things we need, you know, like rather than, you know, generally what happens is that one person ends up deciding, right? And he's the one like collecting all the money and it's like so many different formats of sending money to him. So it simplifies things or uh, friends, like five friends deciding to go to Hawaii and they want to pull in money and, and start a multi-six. So microdows are going to be... Um, uh, also be a big part of the future you know it doesn't have to be large scale DAOs. yep totally agree so this impact uh impact DAO media it's it sounds like from your description that is a DAO in itself is that right that's right. Uh, we are a decentralized media organization. Uh, we've just we've been operating for six months now, and we are just about to launch a season two in January. Of, uh, in, in our first season, we researched twelve impact DAOs. We wrote a book as a DAO, and in season two, we've uh, we've had learnings from our season one, and we're going to be imp- uh, totally reorganizing, restructuring a DAO uh, in terms of governance and um, everything that we've learned from studying twelve DAOs and our own experience. That sounds really cool. Tell us more about that experience. Like, what was it that you did in, in season one that you're now deciding you're going to change or enhance or upgrade for season two? Yeah, so season one was, we were all very new to the DAO scene. You know, all my contributors were relatively new and we really didn't know what uh, what to expect. And uh, all, a lot of them, I mean, all of them are part-time contributors and I'm the only uh full-time contributor to this project. So what happened is that I became like a central point of coordination. And so also a blocker in a lot of ways because anybody needs anything, even though we have a lot of information put out on Google Docs, we were using uh, Google Drive to share information and Discord. And even though everything is very transparent, sometimes you know, for everything, I was like a central point of coordination. And so the coordination became like a big thing for me. I was just getting overwhelmed with coordination. I'm like, I'm not able to do the real tasks sometimes because I'm just coordinating most of the times. And so we've, uh, in going in season two, we're going to be designing it differently. Also, we've learned governance models of 12 DAOs, including Proof of Humanity, uh, uh, which is... Uh, uh, is a DAO and is uh, has uh, uh, failed in a lot of ways in, when it comes to governance. And uh, so we're going to, uh, we've learned from them, we've learned from our own experience. So we're going to have a two, uh, a tiered governance system where we, uh, not everybody who's part of a community gets all the rights to vote on all matters. Uh, the ones that are part of our outer circle, but still are core, like part-time contributors get to vote on certain things. Uh, like they can vote on which guests to invite to the podcast, what are the 10 you know, next DAOs to include in a study because we want to uh, continuously keep studying these impact DAOs and by the end of 2023 have at least 30 or 40K studies listed in the impact DAO book. So maybe they can decide on matters like that. But when it comes to core matters that are very critical to the operation of the of the organization, for instance, the budget or uh, the strategic direction that we should take, uh, those will be done by core, core people who are working on it or have contributed X number of hours to the DAO. You know, so it's it's a tiered yep. model of governance rather than giving everybody equal rights. I think that's it's really smart. You know, I, I think that's one of the things I probably feel the most differently about from a lot of people that are in the DAO space. I hear a lot of people saying, no, you have to distribute governance rights as widely as possible, right? Everyone gets the same amount of power. Um, doesn't matter how new they are to the organization. Doesn't matter how much money they put in. You know, it's, it's just like full democracy 100% of the time. And, and I think that is a natural reaction to what we've experienced in the corporate world and the government world. 
you know, in the past. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a natural reaction, but I don't think that's the future. I think the future is, okay, we have a substrate now on which you can do governance however you want, including in a completely democratic way. But now that we can do that, let's just decide what makes the most sense for every organization. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be somewhere in between, you know, fully democratic and, in the yeah. end, you have to get the work done. Like, unless you're like a party though, you know, your only goal is to decide where should we party next. Maybe everybody can vote on that. <laughs> but if if you yeah. exist to have real deliverables and have real impact and get work done, then you need to come up with a way which is not bureaucratic, right? Like, otherwise the whole democratic approach makes it uh, bureaucratic. Sometimes people don't have context, like in, in Proof of Humanity, uh, since we studied them, um, uh, a lot of people, uh, so whoever got the UBI token, like uh, unconditional basic income token, automatically became part of the DAO. And so these are people from the emerging markets most of the times uh, from Argentina and stuff who are getting the UBI tokens. And now because of be- holding the UBI token, they're automatically one uh, token, one vote, uh, they're part of the DAO. And now these people have to vote on decisions of the protocol, which is very technical decisions, which they may not have any context or knowledge about or expertise about. And so they they uh, they had problems of low attendance because half the time they're not interested, right? Like, why should they, like, go vote for your council meeting? Like, how many times do people appear for that, right? Like, look at us in our real democracy. Like, how many times we, sometimes we don't even go to vote for uh, critical election matters, right? Like who this should be the next president or prime minister. Like we totally don't go for it sometimes. So it was happening in the Dow and they to- totally failed and they, they are relooking at their, their entire governance system. It, uh, the Dow has uh, uh, kind of split or the proof of humanity itself yeah. is splitting. Uh, they're going to fork. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. Very interesting. So what would you say is the most common challenge that you saw DAOs face in their early days? And how would you recommend people address that challenge? I think uh, a lot of challenges around just keeping your community engaged, because, uh, again, I, I'm talking on behalf of Impact DAOs and Impact DAOs are very community focused. Relationship matters, uh, knowing them one on one matters. And so just on- onboarding uh, new members that show up in the discord just incentivizing them uh, sometimes because a lot of them don't launch with a financial token uh, but then how do they keep them incentivized um, um, also just the operating model how should they structure themselves uh, for instance uh, going forward in season two we're going to be structured as pods so pods are people uh, like pods are like small small units and each unit has not more than four people in it because then it it reduces the scale of coordination, right? Those four people can decide for themselves. They can have their own budget, uh, and each can uh, each pod can be like a, have their own little multi seg, right? And then only four or five people are coordinating, which is far more easier to coordinate than to coordinate like ten or twenty or hundred people on things, right? And so we're going to have like a podcasting pod. We're going to have like a impact our book pod because we have a whole strategy around the impact our book. We're going to break it down into million formats and so people uh, can access the knowledge in ways that uh, they're more used to accessing knowledge like audio and twitter threads and micro content and you know courses and stuff like that so um yeah i think it's the process it's a process basically you've evolved you need to get started and uh, learn and then iterate and see what works so as you go into this uh, second season iteration for uh, Impact DAO Media's DAO, um, are there any tools that have come up as, as particularly useful or interesting to you that you, you yes, guys are considering definitely. adopting? Yes, definitely. Yes. 
Yes, um, Wonderverse is one. So uh, I love Wonderverse. I met the team. Uh, it's an amazing tool. We're going to be using Wonderverse for uh, uh, basically just uh, task management. And they work at a pod level. So they're very bottom up. And um, uh, so it's designed for basically if you're thinking of pods and stuff like that, you can go that micro and um, bottom up approach to task management. And uh, it's a really fabulous uh, tool. So I'm very excited about using Wonderverse going forward in terms of bounty management and just task management. Notion, obviously, we're going to be using that for knowledge management. We didn't use Notion in uh, season one. We were mostly Google Drive, uh, Google, like the entire book was written on Google Docs. Uh, so, uh, and that's how we collaborated on Google Docs. But going forward, Notion will be there for documentation because we want a lot of things to be self-serving. Like, as I said, I became like a central point of coordination. So we want to do, uh, you know, when newcomers come, they can be, they can just be pointed to a page on Notion where they can just read up and know exactly what's happening. So a lot of knowledge management will happen there. Um, uh, these are the two tools that I'm really, really excited about. I think otherwise everything else remains the same, like the nurse is safe. Uh, is there we tried using d work in season one it didn't work for us because you know in how in DAOs things keep changing and sometimes those changes if you do not reflect it on d work then it's not in sync right and so we ended up managing a lot of bounties and stuff on the spreadsheet but now with wonder wars uh, we want to make it a, like and they have a like really uh, high touch onboarding process like uh, you know you can go to them like uh, for anything any question like I, i'm on a twitter like on a telegram chat with the founders and uh, basically so that how engaged they are in making sure it works for you so i'm really excited about one of us going forward using that as a tool that sounds really cool yeah and i love notion as well did you look at any of the like new web3 notion like tools so Audit Space is another tool that we are very excited um, to use. So these are Soulbound tokens. Again, Vitalik Buchan wrote a paper with two other people on Soulbound tokens and how Soulbound tokens are the non-financial tokens, which is also helps you build reputation on chain. So we're going to be using that to give to our contributors, anybody who's done really great work for us, you know, in terms of the skills, you know, like uh, editing or writing or they did great video edits or anything, we would give them auto badges. So auto badges are equivalent to Soulbound tokens that help and build their on-chain reputation and they can take those auto badges and go to say Bankers DAO or any other DAO and say, hey, I've got these skills and this is my badge to prove that I've been given by Impact DAO Media. And so that helps them unlock opportunities within the DAO ecosystem. So I'm very excited about that too. That's awesome. Um, so what about um, any other favorite DAOs that you have that you'd recommend people check out if they're relatively new to the DAO scene? Oh, yeah. Gitcoin DAO for sure. I'm sure everybody knows about Gitcoin by now. But the few uh, few ones that are like, they're really good, but not that popular. One is Human DAO. It's my absolute favorite. I would say a Human DAO started uh, in 2021. Uh, and they did uh, a token launch and they generated their own funds to grow their own impact. And they started out in the Philippines with XC Infinity when the game was super popular in the Philippines in 2021. And a lot of XC, you know, Filipinos were looking for sponsorships for XCs because XCs are like hard to own. Uh, and so they gave out a thousand scholarships at that point of time. And now they're branching out to different ways of using Web3 tools to generate, a you know, income opportunities for people in emerging markets. So they're launching something called a PA NFT, which is like a pocket assistant NFT uh, that people like us can purchase. And we can outsource certain tasks, a web-based task to people in the emerging countries. Uh, and they would complete tasks for us. It's like a gig economy, like Uber style 
thing. Mm -hmm. They complete the task for us and uh, they get paid in USDC. Uh, so that's a one way, you know, as long as those people mm -hmm. have have been included into their uh, their micro uh, work economy, uh, they will uh, be passed on tasks to complete and uh, have the opportunity to earn in crypto. So that's a great problem. Great initiative, I think, because it can, you know, it leads to financial inclusion. That's a very premise of crypto, right? Like, you know, everybody should all the uh, like it helps level the playing field for everybody, right? So I'm very excited yeah. about Human Dao and um, um, Pack Dao. Uh, Ukraine, obviously, I'm very uh, Ukraine Dao is the one that really got me into the study. I talked about it, uh, how Ukraine Dao inspired me to go down the Dao rabbit hole because they were formed so quickly on the internet, raised about seven million dollars in five days. And I feel like in the future, anytime disasters take place, this is going to be the the default way for people to come together because it's so much easier to open like a multi sig wallet than to open a bank account, uh, right? And yeah. then uh, so. It's uh, Ukraine Dao, uh, and, and that's why we included them in a study because we wanted to document the initial days, how they got started, what are the kind of tools they use, because anybody in the future who wants, you know, if something happens, you need to get up and running really fast, and uh, blockchain allows that kind of scale and speed and uh, convenience. I, I think also so it allows people to more quickly trust the organization they're giving to because oh, yes. you get some governance rights over it, right? Like if 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 Ukraine DAO was Ukraine nonprofit corporation in Delaware, then there'd be one or five or seven people who are in charge of the money that you're giving them and you have to trust that they'll do the right thing with it. And maybe that's fine. Maybe you'll trust them, but maybe not. Versus give money and now you get a few votes in the system where we will all decide together where the money goes. And so if something goes wrong with the with the with the project and you no longer want to give the money, you could decide to take the money back. But assuming that, you know, things move forward, everyone gets to decide together, you know, what organization or what government or what person or people the money gets given to. And so I, I and think that's another huge yeah. benefit. And also when disasters happen, people give, right? Because everybody's so emotionally charged and you want to trust the organization you're giving money to. And multi-sig enables that kind of trust because if once you can show that you have seven signatories, you know, or eight signatories and that some of you are experts in that matter, like for instance, uh, Ukraine that was started by a Ukrainian. She definitely, her parents are still living in Ukraine. She's totally in touch with the ground realities and she can bring that trust. And then the multi-sig brings the financial trust that, you know, the money will not be mismatched or no one person is going to run away with it. But, uh, so I think it really helps, uh, makes people comfortable giving money to them, right? Yeah. So what, what are most of these DAOs doing for their legal entities? Um, is that uh, something you guys looked into? Yes, we did look into that. So uh, besides Ukraine DAO, which is not legally incorporated and they don't have any plans to be legally incorporated, all of them uh, have a legal legal status. So a lot of them transition from being a nonprofit into a DAO. So for instance, PAC DAO, which is based in New York City and they're building the mutual aid model and like really hyper-local support in New York City. They were a nonprofit in 2020, but they transitioned completely into uh, becoming a um, a DAO, but they but they have that nonprofit status. You know, they have the five hundred one c three. They even got their bylaws am amended to make it very DAO friendly. Because in a nonprofit, you need to have board of members, and board of members are the ones who are the ultimate decision makers. But then it goes against the ethos of being a DAO, right? Because then, no matter how much democratic decision making you're doing, it, it, in the end, there are only four people who can decide how the money should be dispersed, then you're not that democratic at all. So mm -hmm. they got their bylaws amended where they put the board members at equal status with the with the collector, 
with the people involved at Impact DAO. So they got that change made. Another one was Dream DAO. So Dream DAO trains Gen Zs. Uh, uh, they help Gen Zs on board uh, into Web3 and train them to be good citizens, like uh, do the good part, you know, make impact, like use Web3 mm-hmm. for impact rather than, uh, you know, for more speculative purposes and stuff like that. So they originated from a nonprofit organization in New York City called Civics Unplugged. And so they are like just one part you know, that came out of the nonprofit. And so they're still uh, under the nonprofit structure uh, as Civics Unplugged, but DreamDAO as an experiment is, uh, you know, training Zen Zs on Web3 and giving them mentorship, one-on-one mentorship and stuff like that, like internships and bringing cool. them into the awesome. Web3 ecosystem. Awesome. Well, Deepa, this has been amazing. Um, before we close, where can people find you and your project on the web and on social? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. I'm really active on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Deepa Rocks. That's D W E P A R O C K S. Uh, and my project is Impact Dao Media. Um, our Twitter handle, uh, my project's Twitter handle is Impact Dao. So I M P A C T D A O S. And the book uh, that we published can uh, be uh, read at uh, impactdows.xyz. We also have a podcast where they can just go to our website and listen to all our episodes, but it's also available on Spotify. And we have uh, 20 episodes uh, so far. We just launched like two months ago. And um, uh, these are great, great interviews uh, that are very authentic because we did this, these interviews as part of our research study. And so we've mm. really broken down everything. Like if somebody's used the word like staking, I'm like, explain what staking is because a lot of people don't mm. understand staking, you know, or tokenomics. So everything has been, it's for mm. newcomers, basically. Anybody who's interested in the field, of DAOs and want to use DAOs for the good, then they should definitely listen to those conversations. Wow, that sounds really cool. What's the podcast called again? It's called All About Impact DAOs. It's on Spotify right now. Uh, we'll soon be listed on Apple as well. Cool, awesome. Very cool. And you can find me on Twitter at 0xThriller or MyDAO is at MyDAODS. That's M-I-D-A-O-D-S on Twitter or at MyDAO.org. Please consider liking the show or leaving us a review or a rating. It really helps. Deepa, thank you so much for joining the show. This has been so much fun and so interesting. Thank you, Adam. I loved uh, talking to you and sharing my experience with you. So thank you so much for inviting me. And for the audience, are you thinking about starting a DAO? Just DAO it. Just Dow It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Just Dow It does not contain any legal or financial advice. My Dow also does not provide legal or financial advice, and nor does your host, yours truly.